everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Road, the podcast. We're continuing our flashbacks. I think we're going to run out soon. We'll have to figure out something else to do, or hopefully movies are back in July, which they say they might be. We'll get some some VOD. Well, yeah, I guess that's true. Quick straw poll. The day the theater's open, do you feel comfortable going back to the no. movie theater? <laughs> I'd give it a couple weeks. Um, No. <laughs> no. I think I'd put a mask on and go. I don't know. Just wash my hands. We braved it. We braved it before. We could brave it again. Yeah, I think technically, <laughs> I bet, like, the, I saw three movies, I think, the week of before everything shut down. And I bet I was a higher risk for, contract, or for contracting COVID-19 then than I will be in July when I want to go see Tenet when it comes out. Yeah, I'm probably just as great at risk at home. <laughs> yeah they're they're talking about the peak hitting in may too right so well yeah and they hope the virus will be quelled with the warmer though we don't get that warm weather like st louis will over here in the bay so flashing back to 2000 to another kirsten dunst movie we've now done like the entire late 90s 2000 <laughs> kirsten dunst triple feature we did drop dead gorgeous great the virgin suicides amazing and we did Bring It On for this one, which was horrible. She was in four <laughs> movies in 2000. What was four? Just in 2000? What are the other ones she did? We have uh, to, we... Deeply, Bring It On, Lucky Town, and The Crow Salvation. Deeply? I don't know what to tell you. She was in... What was the third one? Lucky Town. Lucky Town. I don't even know what she those was two in movies Dick are. And... and Crow Salvation. I never saw any post the first Crow. She was in so many movies back in the day. She Four was in 2001. Only one in 2002. Did she go to school? I believe so. Maybe right after that, because she's right around college age, I think. I don't, I don't ever remember hearing if she went to university I or not. I think they said in the trivia that she was in high school during this movie. Hmm. High school age, anyway. Yeah. Lauren, you picked Bring It On. Why'd you pick Bring It On for our flashback? And before, um, actually, before that, before that pause, John or <laughs> Ben, had you seen this before? I had not. I had not either. Okay. Um, I had seen that it was a before, large so. reason why I chose it. Because okay. I feel like it's a movie that everyone should have seen at some point and should see. Maybe not now. Yeah. <laughs> Might have fared a little better 20 years ago. Yeah, it would have. Like, the homophobic jokes are not great, and there are a lot of them. <laughs> But, like, I don't know, back in the day when, when we did Boondock Saints and John was talking about how he quoted that movie so much, it's like, I feel like Bring It On was up there for me <laughs> with quotability. It was just a fun movie. And, like, now it does, it didn't age so well. I still love the dynamic between the siblings. That still is a large selling point. And, I don't know, it was just a fun movie. And it's nice to see how we got movies like Pitch Perfect now, which is a movie I would probably watch over this one if I had the choice all the time. Yeah. But... I don't know. It's just a fun movie. Not great, but still enjoyable. For me, anyway. Obviously not for Zach. <laughs> ben and John, what do you guys think? I thought it was alright. Like, um, I do think it would have been better if I had seen it 20 years ago. Uh, it's still... When you could be more homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, you know, like, it, it wasn't... It's not my cup of tea in general, but like I found myself enjoying it for the most part. Again, aside from I feel like Kirsten Dunst is always so enjoyable, uh, and Eliza Dushku was great. Uh, mm -hmm. 
I did enjoy both of them. And what's the brother's actor's name? Oh, man. He was in the West Wing. Of course he was. Everybody was. <laughs> that, that's how when, when he came on screen, I was like, oh, it's Ryan. And none of you will get that. <laughs> no, I know him from Swim Fan, I feel like. Well, this, but then Swim Fan. So not Ben's cup of tea, John. It's okay, not great. See, I didn't want to say good, not great, because I don't think it's like good. It's just like okay i wish the last 20 minutes of the movie was the tone of the whole movie yeah (laughs) yeah i definitely think like i think the movie a movie of this premise like i appreciated for the sake of one kind of maybe there was there was the montage towards the end where it like which showed like everything that they tried to do and it like maybe gave a better picture of like yeah like cheerleading is actually like a crazy combination of like dance and gymnastics and athleticism and artistic expression and like it's actually kind of like kind of intense and so like i loved that montage and then i loved the final two performances by the two high schools but i feel like this movie is kind of set up to build toward those scenes and so in the the build-up well it doesn't really matter necessarily like what happens and that being said, it's still kind of plugged along, but there were times where I, I was either kind of bored or distracted by the campy dialogue or the the incredibly campy performances by Kristen Dunst, who... I love her. <laughs> I love Kristen Dunst, but like I, I could not tolerate her performance in this. Well, which I, I feel think like she was... To... Wasn't she going for campy kind of silly like wasn't that the whole yeah she was just upbeat it's not her fault that she's not emo enough for you well i i think it was (laughs) i think i think that was partly intentional and especially to like kind of be the foil to eliza dishku's like cynicism and realism i think which i i really liked but i think the tension between those two characters is supposed to mirror or their growth is supposed to be like a meeting in the middle kind of point. And you saw Elijah Dushku's character like really grow and start to appreciate like cheering kind of, especially with like the camaraderie that she was getting around it. Well, I don't think she grew to like it. She just didn't like it. And then a, a scene later was like, I'm into this. Yeah, she changed very quickly for me. <laughs> that could be it too. She put on that uniform and was happy to be doing it. <laughs> I tolerated that more than like, Kirsten Dunst, I don't know, listened to literally a mixtape, or maybe not a mixtape, maybe it was just a one track, and then like dumped her boyfriend, and then she was like, she dumped her boyfriend because he was cheating on her. Well, to be fair, she didn't know that at the time, and also she She seemed like she suspected though, and in a sense, she was also cheating on him, like trying to get this other boyfriend at the same time. So, additionally, I was really hoping her boyfriend was going to turn out to be gay. And I think that was a missed opportunity by the movie. Well, the movie didn't miss the opportunity to make gay jokes about him, though. Yeah. No, this is fair. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, the only gay character of substance is actually a bad guy. Okay. That would have been, yeah, that no, been pretty poor. No, that's fair. I think the problem with is the, the, the movie, though, I think even though I enjoyed the last 20 minutes of the movie, it tries to like there's three, two or three scenes where Kirsten Dunst is trying to get in with Gabrielle Union and repair that damage and stuff. And they're like, you can't just buy our loyalty and our whatever. But then the movie tries to do that at the end. It doesn't build any of those characters up. They have no art. It just barely spends any time with the East Compton. Yeah. 
dance that was crew. for sure and it's like you guys are the best we <laughs> win you know it's just like yeah like, that's what i was saying i wish the whole movie would have been more of a back and forth because there's big chunks where the 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 girls in the the east compton school just disappear from the movie yeah know? that's for sure what i'd say my biggest complaint of the movie was especially given the ending but like i feel like not that i want to get rid of eliza dushku because i love her so much and i like jesse bradford a lot as well it's like this movie would have been way better had we had more of the clovers because it's mm-hmm. supposed to be in the end it's their story just as much as it is um the toros mm-hmm. but it doesn't feel that way throughout what is a film that has that kind of concept more realized now that I'm thinking about it one where there's like a tension between two rivaling factions and then they kind of like come to an understanding of each other at the end um page perfect <laughs> is that okay I haven't seen the pitch perfects but like a film that kind oh, of never like, seen pitch perfect no you I should haven't. see the first one the first one is so good though first one's really good uh second, second one's, one's entertaining not as good but still enjoyable third one's not great because i feel like that's like a common trope though in films that like like even this film kind of alludes to or like pays homage to and it, but i totally see what you guys are saying is it doesn't do it too well one thing i will appreciate though is the fact that one they made even if they were superficial they made some comments about the discrepancy between inner city schools and like suburban like suburban privileged schools no totally i mean i i can i can see the things that, like that that people because i've heard the people that have when bring it on comes up and people kind of defend it it's often because they're like it was going for these things like there was a societal message buried in there batman versus and- superman that did that. That did that really well. I thought. I'm, I'm actually not gonna. I'm not actually gonna argue with that. But, but I'm, thinking, I'm talking. I'm talking about like films prior to Bring It On because like Bring It On had to have like had something a predecessor to come yeah. before it almost in that sense. To be honest, Bring Bring this this Bring It On might have been pretty groundbreaking for it, it takes most of the movie, but it puts these black faces at equal footing in this mostly well not even equal like a, the, yeah. the top footing at the end oh yeah, for but, sure but, but yeah. i'm saying but they never get yes they win but they, they're never quite given the same screen time yeah yeah and like in the context in the end, you know in the context gets, of the movie it makes no sense because it's like the whole time red has been ste- like stealing their um the routines, routines and stuff, but the Clovers would have never had large routines like that given they never had the chance to compete on a higher level so it's like conceptually this movie doesn't actually make sense if you think about it so don't think about it also like i think probably before the term has even come into the cultural norm or societal like standard like this this film is also at heart about appropriation right you Mm -hmm. have an inner city cheer squad that is doing almost mostly kind of like vaguely stepping like routine. Yeah, wait till the third movie when they do crumping. <laughs> <laughs> and and then you've got oh, a, a white suburban public school that's doing it. And that's like it avoids the term appropriation. But like that's essentially what it is. Right. So, I yeah, I love that aspect. And then to like kind of end like I love the idea that like. Gabrielle Union just like tore up the check. I love the aspect of like self determination kind of thing, and like, and I love like the respect of, or I guess how Kirsten Dunst's character kind of just like respectfully like accepted that too, and didn't like push her stance or anything. 
I think the skeleton of the movie is somewhat interesting and could have been, but I, I don't know. It just, the, the other thing that just turned me, it was just, I, I did not care about, there was, everybody was so vile outside of the main three characters. Like everybody just was saying awful things and I don't know. And then like at the end of the movie, it has that great little montage where all these coaches and teammates are picking each other up you know with like the bloody nose and stuff like that but i wish that would have been more prevalent also kirsten dunce's family is just they're all terrible too like they're just awful people the brother especially the brother especially it's the parents the parents are letting him wear that cheer equals death t-shirt to a cheer rally for his sister so yeah that's kind of them too when he farted on her i laughed way more than i should have (laughs) Like, I feel like that's something my sister would have done. <laughs> top top tier humor right there. <laughs> yeah. But that's, like, also not saying a lot if, like, that's... Like, this film does have some funny moments. Like, it needed to be way funnier. Or maybe this is how, like, out of step this movie is now. But, like, there, like it wasn't funny enough, I think, for me. I mean, yeah. I mean, it just... The problem was it plays up the stereotype so much that it doesn't really do anything to break outside those. And so, of course, it's very dated because of that. And also, like, especially, like, the the comments about the guy fingering the girl when he's supporting her, I was like, this was in a movie? Like, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, if you look closely, you see some stuff on his uniform. Just FYI. Clearly, clearly the inspiration for uh, Kingsman 2. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. supposedly uh according to robert ebert like like this movie was kind of part of a trend where like movies actually tried to do as much as they could to push the r rating without getting it because that would like sell supposedly or something like that which didn't make sense this is a year after american pie right yeah because you could do the unrated version (laughs) <laughs> oh i guess that may okay i guess that makes but see american pie is way more seems way more authentic than this movie though authentic like, in what way i mean yeah it, it's it's not as heightened as this movie for sure i mean as a band ki- or a band kid no you were orchestra never mind <laughs> <We're>, <laughs> there was wait, a joke we're... in there and it didn't work <laughs> <laughs> but authentic in the sense that you went to town on some fruit desserts <laughs> no in the sense okay uh, uh, uh. no just the characters were they just they were more they were easier to cheer for i don't know like as as like stupid as in this like i don't know uh terrible as some of them could be at times in american pie like american pie was a film that i did not want to like when it first came out because i thought it was going to be all about the sex jokes and all about the crass humor and like not be realistic at all towards high school and then i watched it and i was like this actually was not as bad as i expected it when to was be. the last time you watched it though not it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> the one that i want to go back to like that is euro trip which i'm sure has aged just well, i didn't enjoy that at the time so i don't think i would now i i think the movie also was really i i just it was dragging so much for me the other like by the time it feels like they should like minute 10 is where you should find out that they're stealing like 10 or 15 is where you find mm-hmm. out they're stealing. And it's like, not till like 25 minutes into the movie that the premise of the movie, like one of the shows big premises up. of the yeah. movie even shows up. Yeah. But then somehow it takes, I don't know, but I like the way that the workaround 
I like the gag with the trainer and how they get fucked over by having that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that was smart. Fingers. That's what I was saying. Like the the bones of the movie, there's some interesting bones, but they decide to lean on all of this just like crass, mean, vile humor for the middle chunks of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, they have that yeah. girl. They have that girl crying because like her boyfriend left her doing the cheer. It's like, was that supposed to be funny? I just felt <laughs> like I was cringing. I'm just like, this is so bad. My yeah. my biggest laugh from the movie, honestly, I think was when they were doing the montage of all the different teams like getting ready for like sectionals, um, and I think Elijah Dushku was like walking through the gym. And there was the one team that was praying, and they were doing. They were in the middle of the Lord's prayer, and for whatever reason, I just I burst out laughing. I was like, I can't handle this movie. The Texan team, I'm sure. No, I think my favorite bits were either um, the part where I can't remember her name, um, but one of the jerk cheerleaders from our team, like she's getting in a fight with someone. Turn like the camera turns, and it's this little girl of the cheerleading competition. Yeah, that was great. It's like that was a good one, and then in the. the montage at the end where they're just like let's go find your tooth because <laughs> the girl's just bleeding yeah. profusely from the face <laughs> like, do you think anybody saw it yeah i would have definitely preferred to have more of the com- like competition stuff instead of like just the act like again i said it before and i'll say it now it's like i don't want to get rid of two of these characters with eliza dushku's character and jesse bradford but you probably could and then dedicate that stuff to other aspects of the movie but yeah could have just gotten rid of the and just the, get rid of her boyfriend yeah completely like just yeah. remove him from the story like he served no purpose well but i think like that's what kind of grounds the film as like this coming of age like high school film too right like yeah about like adding that aspect of like how you romantically mature or grow um in your teenage years or whatever um I think one thing that was definitely unnecessary was like the pressure from her mom to like do more than cheer or something like that because really yeah. like it came up a little bit at the beginning and like then there was like a conversation she had with Les about like are you an advanced chem if so like you need a lab partner and I was highly expecting I thought we were going to have like a chemistry like lab experiment go wrong scene i was super excited and then it wasn't brought up again i was like what a missed opportunity it's like or at least like pair with someone she has chemistry with like the romantic interest so it would have like this you know like you could have chemistry building in a chemistry class or it just seemed like a little detail that they wanted to throw in to be like hey all cheerleaders aren't ditzes or something because she's like okay i'll take advanced chemistry of all the classes (laughs) like but, I was about yeah. to say, AP chemistry is like, ma- like it keeps battling it out for like the fir- like the number one or number two hardest like AP class you can take. Yeah, I stopped at two three. No thanks. <laughs> I had something I was gonna say. Oh, um, Peyton Reed directed this. Who has now Ant Man fame? He's done the last two Ant Man movies, and he he's came supposed in to do the... the third. Yeah, but. I, I wanted to shout out Down With Love, which I think is a criminally underseen and underrated, both underseen and underrated uh, comedy. It's like a parody of like the Rock Hudson, who was the It girl. has Ewan McGregor in it. I'm sold. 
Yeah, it's Ewan McGregor and Renee, Renee Zellweger, Zellweger as the leads. But it's it's like made in the style of like a 1950s, 40s sex comedy. And um, they're, it, it's just fun and inventive and like the style is really cool. And uh, like it's super corny, but in the right way. There's a, one of the best laughs I've ever had in a theater was watching. There's a, there's a monologue late in the movie with Zellweger. Zellweger, where it's just a, an incredible piece of performance by her part. I would highly recommend go see Down With Love if you need some Peyton Reed in your life. Though his comedy highlight still... Re- well, actually, I don't know if we can give credit to him as the comedy highlight, but the comedy highlight in any of his movies is still Luis in the Ant-Man movies. But I'm wondering if that is a... That was maybe brought in from... What, Edgar if it was an Edgar Wright thing or a well, scripting I'd argue thing from the, the highlight, the highlight of the Ant Man movies is the train battle. Like that's you can't talk. Was that. Luis the daughter? No, Luis was uh, Michael Pena's yeah. character. Oh, His, the, the little storytelling. I was that, spelling that, the name incorrectly. He, <laughs> he needs to when we when we start Phase Four. He needs to tell us about Phase Three. That could be a movie. Like he could just do that. I would. I would see it. <laughs> Remember yes. when we had it, MCU? It's That's what year. we need right now. Just <laughs> like at-home YouTube videos of Michael Pena's character just telling us about his day and what he's been doing in quarantine. <laughs> Anybody got anything else on Bring It On? Not really. Oh, man. Mm. Don't sound so excited about your pick. <laughs> yeah, I just... I, I, I do want to make sure we don't leave without emphasizing this... This movie had so much going for it in terms of its intention to elevate and give a platform for actors and actresses of color and to comment on like inequalities that are inherent in our educational system. It didn't do a whole lot with that, unfortunately. And maybe, I don't know, make them the most important team of the movie, follow them instead of the Toros. <laughs> Next week, we are flashing back to 2010. For another one of my picks, and that is the sequel Tron Legacy. I haven't seen that yet. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I've only seen the original. I've mentioned on the podcast that it might get edited out of that one, but I recommend you watch the original one and this one back to back for the absolute best version. The, the fresher the original is in your head, the better this movie works. Because it surprisingly dives into the minutia of that story and the like theology around it a lot more than it does try to be an action spectacle. I will not be doing that. I just remembered I'm in Tron Legacy. Oh, did you record some sounds at a Comic Con or something? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? You can find out about that next week. Oh, cool. All right. <laughs> yeah. Tron Legacy. Most remembered for the Daft Punk score, probably, which is incredible. But yeah, uh, I will go to bat for the first 45 minutes of this movie being awesome. And my feelings on the back half have grown ever since. And they've grown the brightest after watching a back-to-back double feature of these two movies. And um, yeah, it was one of Disney's first properties that they tried to tried to re i guess this was post pirates you know but Mm -hmm. you know it was them trying to launch another franchise i'm kind of bummed we never got more of it 
It's got a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. We'll see where this crew falls. Lauren, did you ever see the movie? Or are you just in it? Yes, I did. Okay. I probably did a review back in the day for it on the site. That's possible. John, did you see it? I did. Yeah, yeah. I've seen both. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to rewatch the first Tron. Well, you guys suck. It's going to be great. Yeah, I, I was go underwhelmed on the by it. Like many older movies that I watch these days for the first time. Yeah, the the problem is like it's just the the graphics just aren't gonna hold up. You gave it a B minus, Lauren. The first or the Lauren second? Lauren and I both reviewed second. it Let for the see. the site. I gave it a Back B. Back when she there were movies in theaters to review. <laughs> yeah, and I actually was allowed to do that. that. Yeah, so go watch Tron Legacy. Come back and listen to us talk some more about old movies. Until then, I'm Zach Goldenberg. You can find me wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg, and you can find us at middleofrow.com. Rate and review the podcast wherever you get it. Apparently it helps things. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear, and you can find all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. I'm Jonathan Rahul. You can follow me on Twitter at Another Rahul J. You can also follow us on Twitter at Middle of Row. And I'm Lauren Heimbaugh. You can find me on Twitter at Beware of Trees, and you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch Tron Legacy and the pre-first movie. <laughs> the pre-first movie. And remember, movie. <laughs> the best seats are in the middle of the row.